Hello, and welcome to the Artificial Podcast, with your host Nick Myers. Artificial Intelligence. Voice Recognition. Machine Learning. Robotic. Actionable Analytics. It is Nick's goal to help everyone understand how AI and voice technology are reshaping our lives both personally and within organizations. Your glimpse into the growing world of AI and voice first starts now. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Welcome to the Artificial Podcast. My name is Nick Myers, and I am here to help break down topics in emerging technology, artificial intelligence, and voice assistant tech to help everyone understand how these technologies are impacting our lives both personally and within our organizations. The Artificial Podcast is brought to you by Red Fox AI. Red Fox AI helps give brands a voice by leveraging the power of AI and voice assistant technologies like Alexa and Google Assistant. If you or your organization is interested in sponsoring an episode, please send an email to the artificial podcast at redfox-ai.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere that you stream podcast episodes. You can also follow the artificial podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube by searching for the artificial podcast. You can join our brand new Facebook group exclusively for listeners of the show, where you can meet other artificial podcasters from around the world who are interested in emerging technology just like you. A link to our Facebook group has been included in the episode notes. Thank you for listening, and now a quick word from our sponsors before we jump into this week's episode. Hey, Brett. What's up, Nick? You know, on the Artificial Podcast, we talk a lot about the future of conversational AI and voice assistant technologies, right? So you mean basically in every episode we do? All right, wise guy. But seriously, think about it. I don't think we truly realize how quickly voice assistants like Alexa, Google Assistant, Siri, Cortana, and Bixby, just to name a few, have embedded themselves in our daily lives. I mean, the analysts are predicting that in a little more than three years, there will likely be 8 billion, yes, billion voice assistant users connected to nearly 2 billion global websites, more than 40 billion connected devices. Okay, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, but what are, you, what are you trying to get here, basically? Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that for numbers like these to truly become a reality, a few things need to happen. Yeah, like more technology innovations? Well, yes, but I'm thinking of something more, something even more important. We need to have trust, trust between the users and the technology itself. Okay, yeah, I'll be honest. Sometimes I daydream about these voice assistants getting smart enough to rise up and take over like Skynet, you know, from Terminator. Well, I mean, yeah, sure, that could happen, I suppose, but I'm talking about things like trustworthy privacy and trustworthy accessibility and trust that if you're a business, you have full rights to your name and your brand. Have you heard about the Open Voice Network? No, I haven't. Um, Can you tell me a little bit more about them? I would love to, Brett. Well, in a nutshell, the Open Voice Network is a nonprofit directed fund of the Linux Foundation that is dedicated to making voice assistants worthy of user trust. Members of the Open Voice Network include conversational AI designers, strategists, developers, and other industry professionals from all around the world who are dedicated to paving the way for a future where voice can be trusted and benefits everyone. I'm proud to say that I've been a member since early this year, and it has truly been one of the best decisions I have made since becoming a voice practitioner. And if you're in the industry, I highly encourage you to check it out and join. Sweet. That sounds cool. Um, so what you're saying is Skynet isn't going to happen? <sighs> oh, Brett. If you are interested in learning more about the Open Voice Network and how you can get involved, visit www.openvoicenetwork.org or send an email to john.stein at openvoicenetwork.org. The Open Voice Network. Voice assistance worthy of user trust. Hey there, Artificial Podcasters. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Artificial Podcast. This week, I am excited to welcome Mikhail Stanislawek to the Artificial Podcast. And Mikhail, if you're in the voice technology industry, is somebody that you've probably, at least over the last several months, may have had the pleasure of meeting on a, you know, I'll put in air quotes, relatively small event called Voice Lunch, even though it's, it's not that small anymore. And, and that's something Mikhail and I will, will talk about. But 
I've had some amazing discussions with Mikhail. He's doing some incredible work in the voice technology space and other areas. And I'm really excited to be able to have him on the show for you this week. But before Mikhail and I start chatting, let me tell you a bit more about Mikhail Stanislawik. Mikhail is the co-founder of Utter One, a voice experience agency. Mikhail also co-founded and helps organize Hashtag Voice Lunch, which is a global initiative to bring the voice technology community closer together. He is also the head of product for Media Atmos, which delivers low latency broadcast quality live videos across the globe. Mikhail has almost 20 years of professional experience creating strategies and products for the internet and broadcast video sectors, as well as media asset management and workflow systems. In the early days of his career, he was involved in building developer communities for which he was recognized as an MVP by Microsoft. Recently, his focus has shifted to creating voice experiences and helping marketers develop strategies for the use of voice in business. Mikhail, welcome to the Artificial Podcast. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for the invitation. And no, thank you for taking the time because I know, again, you're so busy with everything you got going on. And I mean, just voice lunch alone. I, I, I can only imagine, again, the work that you and Carol put into that every week. And I, I can't wait to dive into that specifically with you because, as we were just talking about before we started recording here, the growth that this has seen <laughs> over the last several months is truly incredible. So I'm, I'm really excited to be able to, to have a conversation here and dive into some of that. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's kick things off, Mikhail. What has your journey been like so far working in, I guess, let's say the tech industry in general, and how did you ultimately wind up in voice through some of the experiences that you've had so far in your career? So pretty much from the very beginning of, of my career, I've been, I've been working around the, the media industry, mostly, mostly with video, uh, starting with uh, internet video in the very, very early days, 2005, mm-hmm. 2006. Uh, back in the day, we were trying to build linear channels that were broadcasted over, um, or just over the internet. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there was uh, a concept called narrowcasting. Um, so we've been creating channels like the horse TV or whiskey TV. Uh, for people to watch, um, Love it. and incredibly, uh, there were a lot of people who were actually who were actually sitting back and went watching the the, the TV on the internet back yeah. uh, back then. Um, and from there, from there, I, I moved over to the, more of the broadcast industry and technology um, that sits behind all of the TV channels. Uh, Mostly around the media asset management, but also also around um, the playout of those of those channels. And I've been working uh, at the Deluxe Deluxe Media Cloud, and we were the first to to effectively uh, create solutions uh, that were allowing broadcasters to um, publish their channels directly from the cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, something that was that was kind of unique um, back in 2013. Yeah, um, we 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 exhibited at NAB, which is uh, like a big um, broadcast uh, association show in in Vegas, and and back then some of our products actually uh, won in innovation awards. Um, it was wow. quite uh, quite quite interesting. Um, but working working with video and working with uh, you know workflows, audio was was always like really close to 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 what I what I've been doing. Um, yeah, and you know, as as within all throughout my professional career, one of the one of the shifts that I kind of missed was mobile. I didn't get in on it very quickly, and I didn't get in on it in depth. Um, which, which sort of haunted me a little bit. Um, and when <laughs> you're I, not the first person to have said that that I've met so far in the voice tech industry, <laughs> it's been it's been it's been crazy. I gotta tell you, as uh, you know, I felt like I've missed something. Um, and you know, as soon as as soon as voice started becoming a thing, I remember I've been um, at uh, reInvent in 2016 and one of the one of the swag items that everybody got at the conference was the uh, echo dot and that was when i 
I don't want to say for the first time, but that, that's when I actually uh, started looking into that technology uh, much, no much closer, um, much closer. And, you know, that's, that's also around the time when I've met uh, Carol and Carol being uh, another, you know, voice geek and another person who was really into podcasting and, and into voice. Uh-huh. We, we started, we started, we started um, sort of cheering uh, each other up uh, into, um, you know, learning more and That's discovering fantastic. more. Um, so it's, uh, it's been quite, quite interesting. And, you know, uh, over a year ago, uh, in the beginning of uh, 2019, all of that ended up um, uh, as uh, other one. We've co- I've co-founded um, a, uh, a company that, um, that does two things, really. You know, one, one thing, on one hand, we're, we're an agency where we work with customers. Mm-hmm. Um, on another hand, we're a bit of a studio um, because we develop, uh, we've developed our own games as well. And, and the third uh, side is developing uh, an NLP component, an NLP component that lets you browse through or search through um, big content archives. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is something that, you know, comes from my previous experience. You know, I've had to work with huge media archives. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've seen throughout my professional career that there are so many of those archives that sit and or lie there, you know, not being used um, by, by people in, in any way. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a real shame. And with, with voice, you, you actually have now this interface that lets you lets you say what you want to uh, search for. And um, I thought that it's, it, it would be a huge waste if we didn't try to do something with it. So we are. And that's, that's one of the things that we're working on. And that's completely, I, I remember you telling me about this shortly after we connected, um, after um, my first few voice lunch sessions. And I remember just being amazed when you, you told me the concept of it because you think about how much media is currently sitting out there. Well, I mean, not only digitized, but just on the internet in general. Um, I mean, you know, even look at some of these documentaries that are made now that, you know, they have all this old footage from, you know, news segments from back in like the 60s, 70s and 80s. I mean, even all that has been digitized. So yep. there's just so much out there. Um, so I think it's it's so fascinating that you're, 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 you're working on a way for people to use voice to access media archives more efficiently. And I mean, if you think of YouTube, I mean, you know, a hundred years from now, you know, is what is YouTube going to involve into, right? Like, is that just going to be the the history of humanity because of all the videos? I mean, there's going to be so much and there's going to need to be a really simplified way to access that info. So I think, again, what you're working on is fascinating. And, and I definitely want to chat about that in a bit here. But, you know, with, with you, you know, kind of working in Working, working your way into the voice technology industry, you, you of course been able to also co-found something else here the last couple yeah. of months that has taken off quite significantly with, with Carol. So why don't you jump into what is the story behind Voice Lunch and how did you and Carol come up with the idea and, and what were your initial expectations when you, when you launched this back in March, I believe it was, of, of this year? Well, the story is actually quite interesting, and uh, we didn't we didn't really come up with it. I don't I I don't really like to think um, <laughs> about it this way because all of it started with a tweet and yeah. a tweet from from Jan from Jovo, um, and he in like when the pandemic started really hitting and and many countries countries uh, were imposing restrictions. Yeah, you, you had to stay home, and 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 people were. I observed that people were searching for, you know, online contact. And one of the things that Jan uh, mentioned was like, let's, let's get, let's get, let's, let's meet up for lunch. And he's been doing these sort of one-on-one meetings uh, back in the day. And I remember responding to his tweet saying, Oh, let's, let's do something bigger. Let's, let's like, let's, uh, I've got a, I I remember, I think it was uh, the Google meet account. I've got a meet account. Let's, let's assemble more people and let's just have lunch together. Um, and that's where it started. Um, it, <laughs> I love it. I no love planning. how simple. I love it. There was absolutely no planning. No planning. No, you know, no, um, nothing of that nature. It was just simply we got on this meeting, and 
as soon as it ended, uh, together with Carol, we were like, we got to, we just can't, we just can't let it go. We can't let yeah. it be one meeting. So, you know, from, from, from there, we, we, we said, look, everyone's at home, right? Um, peop- the initial responses were like, this is great. And this gives us an opportunity to speak to other people. Um, so we were like, okay, let's, let's organize those meetings. And we started organizing them twice a week um, initially uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And we sort of shifted the hours a little, a little bit to, to allow people, people from all around the world to join us. Um, I believe, you know, the, the only sort of geographical region that, um, you know, had it really hard is Japan, Australia, New Zealand, mm-hmm. and, and um, time zones uh, uh, close uh, to that area. Um, but apart from that, we, we've had people, we've had people on, on voice lunch that were over 12 hours apart. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. It was crazy. And yeah, from there, from there, it sort of, it sort of went on and we are now in a, in a place where we have, I believe, um, 10 local voice lunches. Wow. Because in the, in the, in the, in the meantime, um, some people started uh, approaching us and they were like, Hey, maybe we can organize a local voice lunch in our language. Yeah. Uh, or, um, and, and that's, that's, that's sort of how it went on. And we never, we never, I mean, it was, it was never our intention to build the big, biggest meeting uh, in the voice <laughs> uh, uh, industry. I mean, yeah. we have no, we have no intention to build, build the tallest building. Right. Um, but we were thinking about it from a perspective like how can we ensure that we can assemble and still have meaningful conversations without you know having too many people and the first the first people that approached us were martin and sam Mm -hmm. from the netherlands um and that's how the voice lunch uh the dutch voice lunch started and after that we started thinking and we started reaching out a little bit more to people and and trying to see if there was any any interest some other people uh approached us about uh the local voice lunches and and from there it all it all went um we now started we now started like um Voice lunches that are not really regional, but they're topical. Um, mm-hmm. so Mike and Brielle are now leading uh, and hosting the Voice Lunch Language and Linguistics, which is focused all around conversation building, linguistics and language and everything uh, that has to do or has anything to do with the conversation design, uh, which is great. And, and people really appreciate uh, that mm-hmm. particular one. And we we sort of uh, we we then we then also as the more voice the more regional voice lunges uh, started appearing we we thought to ourselves you know we don't want to cannibalize people's time so we scaled down the global voice lunges to just once a week yeah and that's 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 how it is right now that's how it is right now it's working great we're able to get some great people um, to come and join us with the discussion. I th- I believe we've we've been able to like keep the same spirit, right? Anyone can join. Anyone can raise yep. their hand and you know have a voice, ask a question, throw in a you know discussion point, and that that that's that's what we that's what we really wanted. The intention was to build the same experience you would have um, if you were at a voice conference and you yeah. gathered around the lunch table and you just discussed voice you know that that's 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 what the initial idea was and and i believe that that until now you know this is this is what what um what we still have and some of the, some of the lunches we now have in this formula of uh, what we'd like to call 20 by 40 mm-hmm. which is around 20 minutes of presentation by an expert or introduction into a topic then followed by a 40 minutes of discussion and you know this this works quite great because you know we we've we've tried to turn the the webinar format upside down a little bit have more of the q and a and less of the presentation right because you know in a lot of cases people do know you know or have some knowledge around the topic that we're discussing anyway right. 
So it's, it's, it's more important to, you know, discuss things. It's more important to, you know, challenge. Oh yeah, them. absolutely. Well, that's, that's incredible. And, and, you know, I, I think we, again, we were, we were chatting before we started recording here. I remember hopping into my first voice lunch. I think it was midway through April. And I even think at that time it was maybe just 30, 40 people. Mm-hmm. And now what is your average every, every Tuesday? It's like well over a hundred, right? Um, no, I think I think we're we're getting like up to ninety uh, people. Close enough. <laughs> yes, but um, again, you know, everyone is welcome, right? We will we will welcome. We we are welcoming everyone. Um, so, you know, we'll be happy to host over over a hundred people. Yeah. Um, well, and you partnered with Voice Global too, and I remember you had that awesome session with the um, the uh, his name was Brian, right? I think he was. Yes. Um, um, he, he, or he's, he's, I, I forgot how we described it. He's, he's an astronaut, but not one that goes to space or he's an astronaut candidate or something like that. He, he's a commercial uh, yep. astronaut, astronaut candidate. Yeah, that was fascinating. Um, and, and the fact that you're able to, to get somebody, you know, <laughs> into voice lunch like that is just a testament to, to the impact of it in general. I know you had Brian Romley on a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago and, you know, I'm, I can only imagine the, you know, some of the folks that you, you probably plan to get in the future. And, but that's, that's the impact of it, right? Is it's literally is giving access to so many different people to, to, to some really interesting folks to have discussion and share ideas. And I, you know, I, I think that is definitely something that we're all kind of, we're all kind of migrating towards more in this world with everything going on, right? It's, it's that ability to converse with other people, share open dialogue and different things just because of, all the different things that are happening right now. It's, it's like we're, we're craving that. So I think the platform that you and Carol build here, as, as I've you know, told you, me, Kyle, from day one, it's just, it's incredible. And, and it's, it's so cool to see how much it has grown and all the different spinoffs. I mean, I see when you guys, you know, you send out the weekly email and you announce some of the different um, countries and cities that are, are having these. And I'm like, Israel, I think there was one in, was it Greenland or was it Iceland? Um, no, we've got Israel, we've got Japan, we've got Brazil, we've got um, Spanish, obviously. Gotcha. Uh, there is a, a new one in the UK as well, um, which has been taking off as well. And yeah, I'm joining. I'm, I can't obviously can't join all of them because sometimes because of the language barrier and I obviously yeah. don't speak all of the languages, but I try to join as many as I can. And I got to tell you that, you know, joining the, the UK one recently was a great experience. You know, it mm-hmm. was a small, very small meeting with, you know, with, with people where you, where everyone, you know, had a say and everyone could raise their voice and, you know, we didn't have to raise hands and, and go through all of that formalized, you know, <laughs> moderation uh, procedure. So right. it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was really awesome. It, it sort of, it sort of took me back to the very early days of voice lunch. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's so, so it's, you know, it's still available. It's still there. You know, all you got to do is join one of the local ones. Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, to anyone listening to, to what Mikhail said earlier, it's completely open. So if you're somebody listening who is working in voice tech, or even if you're not in voice tech, but want to learn more about this, this technology, the industry, and, and meet some incredible folks in it. I mean, I, I really encourage you to, to check one out because I, I think you'll get hooked much like a lot of other people have. And um, it'll, it'll just help it accelerate your knowledge in this so much. So with that being said, Mikhail, what, what have been some of your favorite voice lunch sessions to date? Um, you know, and in, in conjunction with that, what have been some of your most memorable pieces of feedback that you received? So probably the one that I remember the most is the one with the astronaut, right? Yeah. That's, that's definitely the one because I remember when, when we were discussing this with Carl and I said, look, Carl, you know, this, this would be great, but I'm really like worried that, you know, we won't be able to get anyone there. And, you know, maybe, you know, we're going to be going into the area where we will have to, uh, we will have to, rather than talk about facts, sort of, you know, use our imagination a little bit. Carol was like, no, 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 we're going to do it. We're going to get an Australian, <laughs> we're going to get somebody from NASA, SpaceX or somewhere, you know? And and I got to tell you that he went above and beyond um, trying yeah. to speak people. And in the end, we were able to um, to get Brian to agree to talk to us. Um, and 
the talk that he gave was absolutely fabulous. Oh, it, it was amazing. It it showed me that you know there's there are so many possibilities for the voice interface to find a natural, really good place to be used. Because you know when we talked about the spaceship, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a noisy environment. So, mm-hmm. you know, the more you think about it, the less likely it is that, you know, there's, there's any like real world use for a voice interface over there. But Brian pointed us at the spacesuit. Right. And, and as soon as he said that, there was like this, this, this light bulb moment in my head when I went like, damn, like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, when your hands are occupied, you're in this, in this spacesuit that is heavy and it's really, you know, not easy to move around in it. It would be great if you can, if you can give voice commands, for example. So yeah, that, that, was, that was a real, real, you know, I don't want to say an eye opener, but, but something that sort of um, made, made me change the way I think about the possibilities a little bit and open up even more. Um, yeah. And I'm usually a guy that is really enthusiastic about when, where we can use voice. So um, it really made an impact on me. Yeah. And I, I remember that session too. And, you know, he, he did a really good job of, you know, kind of showing, I thought where voice could fit in and maybe like where the challenges would be. But in, con- in conjunction with that, he also just explained the spaceship and the process of going to space and, you know, what it would be like up in the ISS. I mean, all these different supplementary parts to the, to the main topic he just went in. That was, it, it was just so well done. And, and I'm with you. Space has always just fascinated me. Um, and just the concept of, you know, God, if, if we can ever get to the point where it can become cheap enough to where we can just send people up in space elevators to the moon or Mars. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but like, I, I thought he also did a, an insanely well job in that. That's one that stands out to me too. Cause it's, it's just such a, a, a different topic and a, and a different, I'll go ahead and say industry. There is an industry of space that so many people don't know about. And because it almost kind of seems like it's in this black box, but bringing him on a voice lunch was able, I think, to open that box a bit and, and show what the possibilities could be and just educate people more on, on just space travel and, and, and what it takes to actually be an astronaut. I, I found the entire thing incredible. So I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. And me, you know, one of the, my favorite movies um, of all time, I would say um, is space odyssey. Yes. Um, so it was, it was like a full circle for me. Um <laughs> talking to Brian and then and, and listening to uh, his presentation back then. Um, and in terms of the feedback that we got, um, actually the first, the first really memorable feedback is my feedback. Um, and I had that after a, couple of, after, after a couple of voice lunches where I said to Carl, is like, I've met more people over the last couple of voice lunches right in the middle of the pandemic when mm-hmm. we're locked out and we cannot go and see other people. I've met more voice people than I have since the last voice conference. It was all about voice or something back then. And that's then. saying something for sure. Yeah. It's been, and it's been crazy. Um, I like when we started it, we, we thought like, we're going to, we're going to meet, you know, some people uh, this week, some other people that week, and we're just going to keep, keep, keep it going until, you know, people, it naturally dies off and people yeah. are no longer interested. And, you know, maybe they they, they have, you know, can go out and it's not really needed for anyone. And yeah, it's been, it's been crazy how many new faces I've also, I've also managed to, uh, to see and, and learn so many fascinating histories. And um, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be really weirdly present, uh, like pleasant to um, meet all of those people in person. Like, right. I can't, I can't imagine the moment, like the next like voice conference where (laughs) after all the pandemic has ended right and people are no longer uh worried to travel right um, and there is an international voice conference and we all we we then meet in real life it's gonna be crazy oh absolutely and and that's the beautiful thing about this too is because you're getting to know everybody so well over the virtual channel that you know, it's like when you finally see him in person, it's like, you know, no friction whatsoever. It's like you're just running into an old friend. 
Um, exactly. I, I've had those experiences, you know, quite often last few years, you know, talking with people in Australia, Asia, and different places. And I, I think that's why, you know, to me, Kyle, this is so valuable because you're, you're making friends. Every time you go into one of these voice lunch sessions, you're, you're, you're making friends, you're meeting new people. So when you do finally meet them in, in, in real life, um, it's, it's just so natural and, and it's, it, it's fascinating and amazing and, and I love it. <laughs> that's all yeah. I have to say. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and that's, that's what we've been hearing as well is like the, the best, the best feedback that I've ever heard from, from like someone who was not me, um, was that it really helped them throughout the pandemic. Mm. And it was really mm. a place that they were looking forward to joining. Um, and that it made a real, like, like a real change in, in the way they've been, they've been approaching the pandemic, they've been approaching awesome. their work and everything. It's been really powerful. I mean, I've got goosebumps when I, when I, when I talk to you about this um, right now as well. And well, the other thing is that this community has turned out to be so lovely. I mean, there are so many really talented people, yes. uh, people who are so willing to share their knowledge, who are so willing to help each other. It's just crazy. And the other memorable, like there's another memorable moment. I think it was one of the voice lunches where we didn't have any specific topic. We were just like, let's, let's just have lunch. Let's talk about anything. Let's talk about voice lunch and everything else. Um, and like close to the, to the, to the end of the voice lunch, somebody asked, well, like we started talking about the imposter, imposter syndrome. Mm. And somebody, somebody asked the questions like, Whoever, who here ever felt, felt uh, the imposter syndrome? Like, raise your hands. Did everybody raise their hand? Pretty much. That's actually, that's quite comforting. <laughs> <laughs> In an odd way. It was, it, yes, it is, it was. And, but it was such a powerful moment as well. It's like a lot, and you know, all, like a lot of these people are experts mm -hmm. in voice, like, like true experts in their field. And it's been, it's been like, for me, it's been powerful as well um, because I've, I think I've always had the imposter syndrome syndrome. I've, I never think that, you know, I'm always wondering why did like, when you asked me to join this podcast, I was like, me, why me? I'm, why cause you're, you cause you're incredible, Mikhail. That's why. <laughs> I know that's, see, that's, that's the thing. Um, but I did it and I'm doing it. And I, I like this helps me to realize that there are things that I can talk about that other people might find interesting. And hopefully a bunch of them will find this interesting. Absolutely. And, and, and to the, to your point about the, the whole imposter syndrome thing, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, anybody could go and talk to our, our CTO who is also my best friend. And if he had a nickel for every time I mentioned him every week, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing or I don't feel like I'm, you know, I'll, you know, quote unquote worthy to, to be in this industry because I'm not as knowledgeable as other people. And again, that's just the negative self-talk, right? I mean, he'd probably mm -hmm. be a millionaire, let's be real. Um, so I'm, I'm right there with you that, you know, and, and a big issue that, you know, again, has been more personal for me is even going to voice lunch and a lot of other meetings, I'm one of the youngest people in this industry too. Um, I'm noticing, you know, the more meetings I go to, which, which is fine, but you know, that, that kind of plays into the issue I've had. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm so young in this. I have nowhere near as much experience as these other folks. And, you know, do I really know what I'm talking about? But, you know, to hear you say that somebody actually asked that in a voice lunch and everybody almost raised their hand again is, is oddly comforting. And, and that actually makes me feel comfortable even in this moment now knowing that. <laughs> yeah. And it's, 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 it's also an industry that is forming out of a great mix of people. And, you know, even, even, even if you look at the, at the age, right, you've got a great mix of people who have a lot of experience and, peop and people who are just joining, but people who are really into it and who are spending their time learning about it, experimenting with it, and actually bringing value to mm -hmm. the people who have years of experience. So it's a great mix. It really is. So having heard so many different perspectives now over the last few months running Voice Lunch, what are some predictions that you have for voice technology, let's say, over the next five years? Do you think it will still be primarily the large platforms as we see it today? 
or do you think there will be an entirely new ecosystem, let's, you know, let's say of third-party voice assistants solving problems for specific industries? What, what are your thoughts on the, on the future of this industry? Well, I'm a great believer in the one assistant paradigm um, mm. that Adam Chire has been talking about. Um, I believe that, you know, people are going to finally, like end users will, will finally um, start thinking about the voice um, technology. Uh, like they're, they're not going to think about it. They're just going to use it because yeah. it's going to be so ambient. Um, and for that to happen, uh, people need to be able to use the uh, voice interface pretty much anywhere. And that means that you can't have two voice assistants, at least in my mind. And yeah. we've had some examples uh, at Voice Lunch. Um, we've had uh, Wunder, uh, an app, a voice assistant built completely from scratch uh, together with hardware for parents to help them raising kids effectively. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think more and more we're going to see this happening because, um, I think that, you know, there are certain situations where, you know, you'll ask your car to do something for you. But then on the other hand, there are other things that you'll ask your fridge to do for you. And then you'll ask the assistant on your computer to do something else. Um, so I believe that, that people will eventually, you know, get, comfortable with the big platforms to a point that they will ex start expecting that everyday objects actually do have voice interfaces. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be so crucial um, to, you know, have one wake word, for example. So not everything will have to be Alexa or Google or right. Bixby. Um, I think it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, much more ambient. Um, and I, I really hope that, that it will. Um, there's, definitely, there's definitely some signs um, of you know, more and more custom assistance being built by big brands here, there, mm -hmm. um, and, and everywhere. I mean, you've got uh, T-Mobile in uh, Germany, you've got the BBC working on Beeb, right. uh, and so many other, uh, other examples. I think um, it's, it's gonna spread. And also, um, it's going to be super interesting over the next five years because we're such a young um, industry is that so, right. many, <laughs> so many things are going to change, you know? We've had this, this voice lunch, um, like last voice lunch was about tools. And I hope that um, we're going we're gonna to hear about, you know, tools that are wildly used by people um, in this industry. And I got to tell you that I learned so many new tools that mm -hmm. maybe not that I haven't heard about, but I haven't necessarily considered the tools um, to be used uh, in this context, but also, you know, a lot of that, that I haven't heard about. And um, I believe that, you know, a lot of them will come and go, uh, especially when you think about the no-code approach. This is, this is another yeah. thing that, that I'm, I'm kind of enthusiastic about because, you know, we definitely have, a shortage of, of developers and Absolutely. there are definitely, you know, certain things that just don't have to be done by a developer. They can be done by a business analyst or somebody who right. has, you know, some domain knowledge and is technical enough to be able to sort of convert it into sequences because in a lot of cases that that's going to be enough. Um, but then on the other hand, you're going to have those no-code platforms, you know, coming and going. And, you know, as we, as we talked a little bit um, beforehand, you know, in those cases, you are at the mercy of the platforms. Right. So I think that the landscape is going to be shifting like crazy over the next yeah. five years. And, you know, predicting anything specific right now <laughs> would be like, be like pulling your finger up in the air. Right, it's like trying to throw a dart at a dart with a blindfold on. I, yep, yeah. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, it's interesting for those of us who are so ingrained in the technology and the industry. Like, it doesn't feel like it's so new, but, you know, the moment you get out of the industry and talk to anybody else, it's like, wow. We're, we're still in, like, the internet of 1995 right now, maybe even a bit earlier. It feels like that. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. The only difference is that, you know, back then, 
um, it was so much easier. Right now we've yeah. got an abundance of technology. We are literally standing on the shoulders of giants yeah. um, that provide so much you know, technology in so many different areas that all you, all you have to do is just pick and, you know, and use as building blocks. Uh, it's just crazy. Um, and I think that's, that's the main difference uh, between now and what, was, what we had back then. I still, but I still remember, I still remember building um, like websites back in, must have been like 95 or, or something. Um, and it was super interesting to be doing that in just yeah. a text editor and, and seeing the, the, the result, you know, um, be presented on another computer somewhere across the uh, classroom. I was <laughs> back at high school then. It was just, it just, just crazy. And you know, you got to remember, it was, it was still the DOS days and Windows three one one. Yeah, know? networking was just, just it was just the beginning of of, of any of that. Right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. That there definitely is a much different landscape with some of these newer emerging technologies. You know, voice, AI, blockchain, because it's it's being built on top of you know, technologies have already been there for a handful of years. And, you know, you consider the internet and yeah, there was personal computing and, you know, you had, you know, that, that whole scene of course was pretty solidified since the, the early 1980s, but now it's, it's a completely different landscape because the green space that was with the internet, I mean, there's still green space with voice and, and AI and some of these newer technologies, but it's, you know what I'm trying to get at here? Yeah. Like it's, what am I, what word am I looking for? Maybe it's more directed. The internet was not directed in the early days, right? It was just this big empty canvas that nobody knew what to do with that ultimately led to the creation of some of the world's largest tech companies. Whereas, you know, the same thing can happen with AI and voice potentially, but it's more directed because the canvas has been filled in a bit over the last, you know, 25 years with the internet. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but in the same, at the same time, one of the things that so excites me of voice is that we are not even scratching the surface right. of what <laughs> will be possible in five years. Yeah. Right now. Like, I really think that. And, you know, I think it even goes beyond my imagination of, of what might happen with the, with, with, with the, the speed that things are being developed right now, with the speed of the new AI models for right. language processing are being, you know, introduced. Well, I mean, it's Moore's law, right? Technology is just going to get more efficient, cheaper, yep. and, and more powerful. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, yeah. I, I think a lot of the points you made there definitely, I, you know, like you said, it's hard to predict anything right now because it's still so early and every single part of this is just moving so rapidly. But I definitely agree with you. I think as the technology improves, as people become more accustomed to using it with smartphones and computers, there will be an expectation to have it in everything. You know, yeah. I'm with you. I've, I've always kind of had this crazy vision since getting in this industry where every home is just built with, you know, albeit to, to a lot of folks who may not want this, but I just foresee like, you know, microphones in the walls that you can just talk to and accomplish things and, and help you schedule appointments, send your car off to get an oil change, you know, automatically schedule you flight information, um, reorder groceries that the drones drop off in a box at your front. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all of that. <laughs> yeah. And the only difference is they won't be in your walls, but they will be in your microwave. They yeah. probably already are in your fridge, in your other everyday items. And on top of that, you're going to have an Alexa or Google Home or something else or the Nest thermostat that probably at some point is going to have microphones built in as well. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a really fascinating industry and, and definitely those who, who are consistent listeners know that <laughs> it's, it's definitely a, a fun place to be in now, but it, it still is, is super early. And that's something, you know, I think we, we all have to be cognizant of as well. So, you know, as we kind of talk about voice, let's, quickly dive into what are you currently working on at, at other one? I want to touch quickly on that, that component you're talking about with being able to access media archives with voice. I don't know if you can dive into that just a bit, because does that absolutely fascinate if you fascinated mm -hmm. me from the first, first time you told me about that? 
Sure, I'll probably I'll probably use an example to explain what what we're working on. Um, one of the prototypes that we've built um, is, um, is sitting on top of a, a huge media archive, uh, archive of podcasts, of videos, YouTube videos. Um, and what we've done is for everything that didn't have a transcript, we, we created a transcript, which mm. is something that you can uh, pretty easily do with the services uh, off the shelf at the moment. And we've built our component uh, to allow seamless search, but seamless search uh, in, in such a way that A, gives you a bit of a contextual search. Uh, so it's not, it's not the full text search as you, as you, as you would know it, because yeah. uh, what we're, what we're trying to, what we're trying to do and what we're doing is we're, we're processing uh, the entire content uh, converted into a text form of uh, the archive and then letting you search for the most contextually um, uh, applicable uh, solution. And we, we retain the metadata together with it, which means that, you know, if you're, if you're searching for, um, you know, a, a particular keyword or a phrase, we will be able not only to direct you to a piece of content, but we will be able to direct you to the particular part in the video or Amazing. the podcast where that, where that con where, you know, that thing you were asking for was being spoken about. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that we're doing. We've also been working uh, a little bit to extend this, um, uh, extend this concept um, with recommendations um, because, you know, search is great, but it's really, it's really one dimensional. And in a lot of cases you might not necessarily, you know, find, uh, or you might not, um, you might not be specific enough uh, to find the right piece of content. So one of the one of the things that we're also working on is we're trying to add recommendation uh, elements in either a, a way to allow you to specify um, more contextually of what you are uh, uh, searching for, or uh, have the assistant actually ask follow-up questions in mm. order to allow you to uh, be more specific about uh, about what you're searching for so that's 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 what we think um you know can have applications in in much more than just media archives because you can think about you know product archives and you can think about you know people trying to search the right thing for them by describing what they're trying to search for and then if we have a way of actually allowing them to be more specific. And at the same time, we have a way to sort of um, ask them to be more specific by asking the right questions. Um, that's when it becomes really, really powerful. Yeah, that I just, my gears are spinning so much just from the value add of of what you're building there because if you think about it now you know whether you're using voice or not when you you know i you know there's there's stats out there where you know youtube is the second largest search engine right mm -hmm. um and you know you, you you try to go find an instructional video or i mean it, it can really be anything you can get videos but because of the the text-based keyword search you know you may get clickbait you may not get clickbait and then if you do click on something that is clickbait, you then have to sit there for however long the video is and try and figure out, is the video actually talking about what I want? And if it is, you have to get to that specific part. And most people don't want to sit through a, you know, 15 minute video to get a, a, a one to three minute piece of information that they probably need. So of course, yeah. the moment you brought this up to me, that is exactly what I thought about because that is such a huge issue when you're trying to access, you know, media archives now, whether it be in YouTube or another service, the time it takes to actually sift through that video to get the information you need. And it may not have it because of how current keyword search works. That that is just I, I can't even you know place the value on that because it, it's gonna just it's gonna change everything, especially integrating the voice part of it too. Yeah, and that's 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 what like that's that's where it all started. 
And, you know, it started with like, how can we put a voice interface on top of it? And, you know, if you, if you, then you immediately start thinking about, you know, how do you search through it? And then it turns out there, you know, the current existing um, solutions are not really even close to be good enough because, you know, you know, in most cases you're gonna, you know, get something that is really not all that relevant um, to what you're, you're searching for. So, right. And even using, you know, like I, with my Google Nest Hub, I use, of course, Google Assistant on there to, to play videos and different things, but it, it still doesn't have the context, right? It still just pulls up, you know, the top video that matches the keyword search, you know, most mm -hmm. accurately. Um, and, and that's why, you know, I think you and I, again, before we started recording, we're talking about the whole issue of context is that is, you know, probably, I would say, if not the largest, one of the largest issues that voice technology faces right now is it's not contextual. And I think the moment that it does become contextual is when the true boom of this is going to happen. I, I'm a firm believer of that. And, and, you know, what you're working on here, I think, is, is one of the things that, that may allow that to actually happen. I mean, I, I would love to be able to just ask, you know, whatever voice assistant it may be, you know, show me a video on this that explains how to do this. And it goes right to that timestamp. I mean, that, that would just be incredible. <laughs> and I know I'm not the only one who would probably say that. Yeah, but, you know, it goes further than that because one of the things that, that we discussed at Voice Lunch UK um, this week was discoverability. And that's a topic that, you know, if you're in the voice space, right. you, it's you've everywhere. heard, you've heard about it, you've talked about it, you know about it. Um, and one of, one of the things, you know, that really bothers me, right, is this concept of the um, marketplace you know, both for Google Assistant and the skill store for, for Alexa, they're, they are, you know, so old fashioned, like yeah. you know, even forgetting the fact that it's really cumbersome and hard to find anything right. within them. Um, you know, you are creating a marketplace for this voice interface. And yet here I am, and I can't say, I want to play a game that does, that does this, that, or the other. Yes. <laughs> that's just like, why? Yeah. You know, yep. that's the expectation that I would have as, as a consumer when I buy this smart speaker, which is supposedly smart, right? Right. I would like to ask it to give me a game about this, that, and the other. And then it just serves it up to you instead of you having yep. to you know, research the specific, you know, invocation name or the yep. specific name of the, you know, the skill or action or whatever it may be. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, I imagine how it will affect discoverability. And obviously, you know, discoverability is your responsibility as a voice creator, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously. And you got to deliver the value. You got to make sure it's, it's, it's useful for people and it solves a problem and it, and it brings value in some way. But right now, it's really, really hard. Right. If, you, if you look, because um, uh, Rich Merritt, the Echo Dad, he brought it up um, from the user perspective. Like, from the user perspective, it's really hard to find something good. And even if you search for it, then you have to enable it. Then you have to try it. Right. And it's still hard. I mean, one of the concepts that was uh, that that actually was born during the voice launch was the concept of thirty-second previews. And right now, I think it's been submitted by Tom Hewitson to um, to uh, the Alexa user voice. And it's it's one of the things you'll be able to uh, vote on if it's if it's um, uh, if it's uh, accepted. I would like to vote on that. <laughs> <laughs> It's all on Twitter, by the way. Like Twitter is is probably the, the place that most of the discussions uh, end up after the voice lunches. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's so weird that we as as voice creators, people in voice, don't look at things um, often enough from the user perspective. Yeah, from like yep. the end user perspective. I would agree, and and it's again one of those things where I think. You know, a lot of us are are so passionate about what we do, and you know, we want to, we we think we're creating the greatest thing we possibly can for our user. But I think it's one of the things where the user is still so new to all of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more needs more focused and emphasis needs to be placed on what exactly does this person expect out of this? What do they want? Um, 
And what we've found is right now, as simple as it can possibly be. <laughs> yep. Um, because everybody, you know, the, the, what, are, what are the most common things that people are doing with voice assistants now? Asking to play music, setting timers, asking basic questions. You know, it, it's, it's nothing advanced yet. And I think, you know, it's good to create advanced stuff, but it still has to be framed to because of some of the limitations of the platforms and the technology, which again, I, I really hope, you know, to a lot of the things you've said we overcome in the next five years, especially the, the, the piece of context is that's what people I think are still expecting right now is they want something that's easy to use, something that understands them and helps them shave time off something. That's at least what I've settled on. And I could be, of course, very wrong with that thinking, but that's, that's what we've kind of discovered, at least for now. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, with, with that in mind, Mikhail, as, as we start to wind our, our conversation down here, I always like to end on, on this question, of course. What, what, do you, what is one thing that you think someone can do today to begin leveraging voice technology, of course, in the context of our discussion, either personally or within their organization? I think my, my advice would be to just start. Mm-hmm. Just start, you know, um, doing something, learning, educating yourself about voice, about how it works. It's crucial that, you know, we as people who are really, you know, the first ones to, um, to truly like start using this, uh, this uh, medium and, or this modality um, in such a way, it's important that we understand how it works. Um, and coming back to what I've mentioned earlier about, you know, me creating the, the web uh, pages, um, mm-hmm. Notepad back in 95, it was, it was something that really helped me understand how web works. Um, so one of, definitely my advice would be to start, learn, educate yourself and start doing something um, really simple. Um, as you said, simplicity here is the key. Um, we need to, and if, you, if, we're, if we're thinking or if, if you are um, looking at it from the perspective of a brand, if you are a marketer, for example, you have to think about creating really simple experiences for your customers, for people who might be searching for your brand um, via this medium or via the smart speakers. Um, and bringing something of value to them, but in a really, really simple way. That's by the way, that's one of the, that's one of the ways how I know that somebody's really new to voice. Yeah. When they come in and say, Oh, I, I want to do something that does this, that, that, and the other, and something <laughs> else. And we're gonna, and it's like, yeah, you're new. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's that's a a very good point. Yep, that's you're right on the money with that one for sure. So yeah, so um, start smart, start simple, um, but definitely, definitely educate yourself and start doing something. Yes, I, I that's fantastic advice. I again, I I think your perspective is is on point there. You know, and and with a technology like this. You know, it's very easy to get caught up in, in the possibilities and, and building these big gargantuan things, or even it just feeling like, again, it's in this black box that you can't access. But, you know, it's like we often talk a lot about on this show, the information's out there um, and, and you can do so many simple things with it right now just to get your feet in the water um, mm-hmm. and experiment. And, and you know, it's a, it's a phased in scale up approach, right? Like you start with yep. something very basic. If that works, then, oh, well, maybe you can add on to it here and, and you keep scaling up. And, and the technology right now does allow you to do that, albeit, you know, it, it is still, you know, lacking in some areas and has some limitations, but you really can create some really solid, um, simple things. And it all begins with just learning and, and, and jumping into it. Um, so yeah, Mikhail, I, I agree with that 100%. But, you know, thank you again so much for taking the time to chat with me here. I, I had a blast. And, of course, just getting to talk about everything with Voice Lunch and, you know, some of the really neat things that you're working on is, is just so valuable. So I appreciate that. And if anybody wanted to get in touch with you or reach out to you, what are some of the best ways for them to go about doing so? Um, best ways to always catch me on Twitter at xmstan or just drop me a mail at michael at other.one. 
Fantastic. Well, Mikhail, again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. And of course, I'm very much looking forward to continuing to, to collaborate and, and hopefully start jumping back into some more voice lunch meetings here. Um, we're, we're in a, a really exciting time in this industry. And I'm so happy that I personally get to work alongside people like yourself. So thank you very much again. Thank you, Nick. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here with you. My pleasure again as well. Thanks. We'll chat soon. Thank you. Artificial intelligence, voice recognition, machine learning, robotics. You've been listening to the Artificial Podcast with your host, Nick Myers. Nick Myers. To stay up to date with all our latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. To learn more about how your organization can benefit by unlocking the power of AI and voice, visit www.redfox-ai.com. Until next time.